Welcome back, everybody, to the Six Pennies Podcast. We have a special treat for you guys. All three of us are on. How are you doing, Mock and Timmy? What? what Amazing. <laughs> well, Timmy, maybe two and a half people are here. Timmy is sick. He's a trooper right now. He's always sick, apparently. I so, am. Sound disgusting. Today, we're going to dive into the NBA. Yes. Finals are happening. Um, Timmy is here, so we can't really talk baseball or hockey or any of that, so... We'll go into the NBA. Let's get started. Man, I'm all about baseball now. Go Astros. Are you? <laughs> what do you know about the Houston Astros? Uh, they're not doing quite as well as last year, but they're still on, on a good good win pace. Uh, they have the best pitching staff in baseball. That's that's about that's about all you need, right? Hey. Can it's you name good. Spoke, can you... Spoken like a true Minute Maid employee right there. That's right. I got all the swag from Minute Maid. Can you name two pitchers? Of course, man. Of course, of course. I could, I could probably name five. Um, obviously, the conference finals are starting in a couple days. We're recording right now, Friday, May eleventh, three fifteen p.m. Um, Sunday's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals: Cavs versus Boston, and then Monday is the Rockets versus the Warriors. The series everybody's been waiting for. The series that you know everyone predicted at the beginning of the season. It's actually going to happen. Before we dive into that, let's talk about all the other teams that have been eliminated. Timmy, what are some of the the bigger storylines from those other teams that fascinate you? Uh, you just want one, or how many? As many as you want. As many as I want. I guess your uh, your pod, man. Number one for me is probably Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz, the team oh, that we just faced because uh, they look really awesome, and Donovan Mitchell is so fun to to watch, even though we weren't necessarily cheering for him his um just his his drive and his his competitiveness and crazy body control amazing um amazing drives to the basket is just so fun to watch they, they have a pretty good future set up right what was uh what was more surprising obviously donovan donovan mitchell uh, may be potentially co-rookie of the year with ben simmons um if not he's, he's definitely not. if def if yeah if he's not he's definitely number two um, any other year, he would be Rookie of the Year. But what was more surprising, him doing well or Gobert just getting dominated by Capella? Like, straight dominated? Uh, I, I don't think he's like... I mean, he, he was still very effective at certain times, like a great defender that, that ate up everything around the rim sometimes, and that's what he does. But Capella is, is good. I think uh, it's time for the NBA to see that, time for the greater audience to know it. And I love that Capella can finally... Um, and finally, like, play more minutes. Why are we talking about the conference finals teams? I thought we were just talking about the non-finalists. I was just really surprised from a Gobert point of view how, how badly he was outplayed. Because ap after that first series, when it was OKC, um, to me that was one of the bigger storylines, was how awesome Gobert was. Like, he was, he's not only an elite, you know, defensive player, but he's an elite impact player on both sides of the floor. And you could just tell with... With him in the lineup, like OKC couldn't do anything. I think I mean Gobert's great at defending around the rim and uh, clogging up all that space. But with with the way that the Rockets play and just having so many shooters around, so many guys that have to be switched and accounted for around the perimeter, he doesn't have the mobility to to handle that. And Capella probably outplayed him for the most part. Um, but he has some of those same issues where we might see problems with Capella um, going up against the Warriors in the next round. And I'm sure we're going to get to that soon. Yeah, well, we definitely will get to that. I think we've lost Mock here, but we'll continue talking just because 
sure you have a lot to talk about with the NBA. I think the biggest storyline for me, and I know we we don't want to get into the conference finals teams, but I am very impressed with Terry Rozier. I feel like if he has, Terry. yeah, if he has his mind, you know, set on straight, if he has the right mindset, I think Kyrie Irving is expendable. Am I going too far? Yeah, you're going way too far. I think Terry. Hey, sorry, I just came back, but I'm glad oh, the you... first thing I heard was Kyrie is expendable. Perfect. <laughs> but Tim, Tim, I mean, give me, t- give scary me an Terry's argument. been playing really well, but yeah. I don't think by any means Kyrie's expendable. I yeah. think Terry Terry Rozier could probably be a really solid second second or third guard, but he definitely made himself at least like what fifty to seventy million dollars the so past what, couple what weeks. Does, what does Kyrie do better than Rozier? Dribble, score the basketball. Uh, dribble. I don't know, man. Like I, I respect Kyrie Irving a lot. Uh, his game. I don't know about him. I don't know who he is as a person, but I just think his game is a little bit overrated, and I think Rogier's skills and stuff kind of overlap what they want in Irving. I mean, Rogier's defense definitely pushes him, pushes him to another level, but. I think if you need like a pure scorer, somebody who can really put the ball in the basket, there's there's not many guys better than Kyrie. And I know it might be a PR disaster if Danny Ainge decides to trade Kyrie, but wouldn't it be just a Boston thing to do? Because now they have let's say let's say Terry Rozier is eighty percent of Kyrie Irving. He's getting paid way less than eighty percent of Kyrie's salary. So from a value standpoint, it would be smart for Danny Ainge to you know trade for another couple first-round draft picks with Kyrie. Uh, stop spreading rumors. What about, well, I mean, speaking of rumors, real quick, what if Kyrie for Kawhi was available? Oh, yeah, do it. Do it. Dude, yeah, that, that would be Danny the, would definitely do that, yeah, right? That would be the scariest defensive team in the league. <laughs> you just have, like, five, six, eight guys owning every position. That would be so scary. Um, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past Ainge to trade Kyrie. I mean, obviously, you hate to do it, and it would take a big deal like a Kawhi to to make it happen to pull the trigger with less than a full season with him and Hayward together. Actually, less than a full quarter with him and Hayward together. Uh, but Rozier's under contract through like 2020, so if I feel like now's the time, you know, if you want to take advantage of his contract, yep. uh, you got to do it now. Yep. Is he? I thought he only had one more year. Uh, 2020 is, year is two. oh, this I guess, is year qualifying two. offer. Yeah, this is year two of his, his rookie deal. So he can opt in after next year, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Mock, when you were cut off, we were talking about, you know, Capella, who is about to get paid, probably oh max gosh, contract yeah. from Phoenix, probably Dallas, probably other teams. Um, so not only is Rogier going to make himself, you know, a nice payday in a year or two, but definitely Capella this year. With that being said, with free agency coming, which of these teams do you think is will blow it up? Like, which team has the better chance of blowing it up? The Blazers, the Wizards, the Raptors, or the Spurs? All four playoff teams. Oh, man. Raptors, they, they kind of started... Uh... With Dwayne, Dwayne Casey today, uh, fired their head coach, who, in, I mean, in all likelihood, look like looks like he's the front runner for coach of the year, right? So, no, he's not. You don't think so? I, I think he's way up there. 
Um, he's up there. I mean, he won the NBA, the coaches vote, but that's because they only each vote for one person. He probably only got like seven total votes he's, or something. He's top three though, right? Him, Steven. Uh, yeah, he's probably top three. For this year. Top, yeah. Um, but, but I think obviously if you're in the East and you're a team like the Raptors perform really well in the regular season every year and, and in all accounts kind of choke in the in the postseason, a lot of that obviously has to do with competition, you know, coming up against LeBron. Uh, but I think that just speaks to the point where they need to find a way to beat LeBron. And it starts up top, it starts with the coach, and they figure that he can't take them to the next level. And, and I I don't know what their options are in terms of contract because Lowry's going to get paid for a while, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't have any way to to blow it up because they surge and and Lowry for the next two years, like I don't know, like twenty to thirty million dollars each. The only way the only way Toronto can get past LeBron is for Demar Derozan to go to LA and to recruit LeBron to leave the Eastern Conference. That's the. (laughs) It's really the only way. If it's true, if LeBron stays in the East, like psychologically, there's no way Toronto can beat him. I think if I were to pick a team to blow up, I, I would probably pick the Blazers to do it. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that they will, but it seems like that's the um, a logical place where they got the two assets and the and the two guards that they could, one of them they could trade away, right? Do you do you guys feel that the Blazers like individually they're a little overrated? No, not at all. You mean uh, the Lord of McCollum? I think they're CJ awesome. CJ is. No, CJ's overrated. I think CJ's really good. <laughs> CJ's in the same category as Clay to me, so, okay. so I, I think you guys are two to one against me for that one. Are you serious? I, I think well, CJ is more skilled than Clay. Like he can actually dribble the ball, but Clay, yeah. but Clay right. being six seven and shooting forty five percent from three, I mean, the truth yeah. is in the pudding. Like that's legit, you know. Wait, um, what? Just because he's tall? Just because he grew a few extra inches? Yeah, CJ, that's, that's a big deal. Like forty three percent. That's pretty close. I to me, that's a huge deal. Um, I think and quicker release. Yeah, it's pretty big. So just just to jump back on the Raptors here, I I do think they're gonna they will want to blow up. But Timmy, you're right. I think just the salary situation there is is just they're in salary cap hell basically. But they remind me of the Tono Tony Romo led Dallas Cowboys era. They're gonna be a really good regular season team, but they're just not gonna have enough in the playoffs to get over the hump and. For Toronto and Drake, I mean, that's this is their peak, right? 60-plus wins, second round. That's all you can expect. 59 wins. I, yeah. I, I, have, I mean, none of the teams that you mentioned probably have a very good chance to blow it up, except the Spurs, because, like, the Wizards have too many big contracts, and then the Blazers have, you know, they have those two guys. If they can trade one of them, maybe they'll get something, but they have way too many bad contracts with, like, Mo Harkless and Evan Turner and Myers Leonard, like, those guys all make way too much money where they can't blow it up either. So the Spurs probably have the best chance, but that would mean like really, really blowing it up by trading Kawhi. Yeah, that summer when the salary cap bumped and everyone went on this spending spree, Portland really screwed themselves over. Um, Spurs, yeah. you're right. I think they have a good shot just because Kawhi seems like he wants to get, get out. So the, the only way to really fix that situation is to make that trade happen and get some assets back. But what about New Orleans, guys? I know they they yeah. swept the first round um, without Boogie. Are they going to retain Boogie or let him go? I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna max him, and I think that's a big mistake. Max, but I think wow. that's like they, they probably think they're like 
you know, if they had Boogie, they'd be really close to making it a series against the Warriors or against the Rockets or something. And I think if, if not maxing Boogie, what, what should they do then, Timmy? Just not max him and save the money and do something else, right? But who? Like, I have no idea. Do they have any? They don't even have cap space, do they? That would be a really so. good, very interesting spot, landing spot for Kawhi. Boogie for Kawhi? Boogie assets and someone else for Kawhi, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even imagine Boogie in San Antonio. Man. They don't have assets, though. They traded for, for Miritich, right? So they don't, they don't have anything. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to max him because they don't really have other options. Like Mock, you're saying, I don't think they should, but just because I, I don't think he's going to be worth it in four years. He might even be worth it like in the next two years with this injury. Like, that's a really serious ACL injury, right? Achilles injury. And for a big guy, oh, that's. For a big guy. Yeah, that's almost a showstopper. Um, speaking of like Dwayne Casey and coaching, to me, I don't know about you guys, but I think Alvin Gentry is the most overrated coach in the NBA. Like, yes. I think he is horrible. Do people think he's really good? I think people think he's because decent. This, this, year, is, yeah. this is probably like his third or fourth job already. I just think he is awful. Didn't he get the Suns to the conference finals that year, like with nobody? That was pretty good. Nobody? They had the MVP and like two other All-Stars. No, it was like 2011 or something. It was way past Nash's uh, prime. No, no way they made it to the fi- conference finals, I don't think. I thought they made it to the conference finals with, like, Grant Hill, and it was not a very good team, and somehow they made it there. Is that the year when the Lakers were up 3-1 and Kobe choked? No, that was with Nash, I'm pretty sure. We're going to have yeah. to go back and look yeah, this up. We'll have to fact-check uh, the, the annals of the NBA. There's just too much knowledge between the three of us, right? We can't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other storylines or any other teams you guys want to touch base on um, from the first two rounds? I want to touch on the Jazz real quick. I didn't catch everything that you said, but part of it, it seems like a big moral victory for them this year, right? Because they overachieved and everything. But I just don't know. Like, moral victories are tricky. Like, it, makes, it feels really good because they're not supposed to be here. But at the same time, what do they have to look forward to next year? Like, it's not like they have, like, a Gordon Hayward type coming back, right? And... And you're, you're going to hope for next progression for the Donovan Mitchell type, and, and maybe Exum takes another step. But, but I think this, is, this might be their peak, man. Like, I just don't see them really reaching Houston Rockets or Golden State Warriors level. That's a good point, because if you think about it, I think Ingles led the lead league in three-point percentage. Right. I'm, I'm sure yep. it's very far-fetched for someone to do it twice in a row. So let's say he takes a small step back, um, Jay Crowder, no way is going to play as well that he's been playing the last couple months after that trade. And, um, I mean, you're right. I think, I think mock and you mock you, you and me are very similar in terms of like windows. Um, I know All the right. NBA is a lot different than the NFL or the, or baseball, but windows are windows. And I think if it's open for that year, you need to be all in for that year. Cause you just never know when that window's going to shut. You never know that if Mitchell's right. going to tear a knee, you never know anything. And uh, that's a good point on the Utah Jazz. I, I do want to touch on Philly after this, but Timmy, yeah. do you have any uh, comments on Utah? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, think you're, I think you're right. Like, I, I don't know how much further they'll go, but I, I just want to see what happens to Donovan Mitchell and how much better he gets. And if he just keeps getting better, like that might be enough for them to take the next step, right? 
Yeah, that's fair. All you right, had an I got amazing it. rookie season there. I got it for you. 2009-2010 Phoenix Suns, 35-year-old um, Steve Nash. They went to the conference finals. Yeah, still got Nash though. Who, who 35 else? years old. Who old else man. was on that team? Who else was on that team? 37-year-old Grant Hill. It was Amari's last good year before he went to the Knicks. Amari's last good year is still a what third team All NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's good, but I mean, Gentry deserves some credit for Nash was Nash was 35, but he was still what? Maybe two years removed from MVP? Is that it? No, his MVPs were 06, 07. I mean, he's he's definitely like starting to go go down. I a just don't bit, know right? why you're trying to give Gentry credit. I think he sucks. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are saying that he's that terrible. I mean, he's he's not good, but I don't think he's like super overrated. I, I didn't know everybody loved him or anything. I think he's. Just, I, I, I guess he's right about where he's he should be. To me, he can make it. He can make. I mean, he probably shouldn't be an NBA coach. I think I think when I when I watch you know like ESPN or TNT and they have um, the coaches mic'd up, just the stuff that he says, I'm like, what? Like that's that's really how you're gonna coach your team? To me, in my opinion, just from my uh, you know exposure of him the last couple of years, I just think he's a terrible coach. But I also think there's a lot of terrible coaches. Like Joe Prunty yeah. comes to mind. And, and aren't there only like 20 coaches in the league right now, though? That's true. They're all fired. Um, but, but to be fair, Gentry this year probably made the most of that roster, right? Yeah. Like I think the so. roster with, with really one perimeter guy in, in Holiday, uh, brought in Miritich at the trade deadline. But guard play-wise, and this is a guards league now, he, he really only had Holiday. Well, oh, man. And not, not giving any credit to playoff Rondo. Yeah, playoff Rondo was a real thing. Playoff Dude, Rondo was... Yeah, no, that's fair. But I'm, I'm thinking of shooting on the outside and like no shooting. They, I mean, Solomon they, Hill and yeah, all those they had, guys. They had crazy three-point shooting in that first series. Etwan Moore, Ian yeah. Clark, they were just on fire. And I don't know if Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday can play up to that same level again because he was, he was yeah, out he of this world. All NBA, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you talked about Utah, it kind of got me thinking about Philly. So I think Philly, everyone loves Philly. Everyone loves Embiid and Ben Simmons, the the hinky process and all that kind of jazz. But with that being said, what if this is it? What if this is Orlando magic early nineties, you know, like anything can happen. Embiid is not the most durable guy. Um, if he goes down with, with an injury that, that whole franchise is going to be derailed again. Like, I think it's exciting. You're right. I think they're ahead of schedule. They made it to the second round. I think they choked in the second round. But yes. um, you never know, right? This could be their peak. If we if we look at it like the Magic, though, it's I, I, I would hope that they have at least one more shot. Because the Magic had, I think, Penny's rookie season, they, they lost. But then the second year is when they got to the finals. That's kind of where we are here with Embiid playing a year and then Simmons in his rookie season here. Next year, hopefully, they can take a bigger step and, and go a little further along. But like you said, if, if he gets hurt, if something happens, or um, if they don't get the, the shooters back for next year, this is a big a big challenge for Colangelo because Redick is going to be another a free agent again. They had Bellinelli and Ilyasova that I think they're free agents too. So, and those guys are really important pieces for them. And Covington seems like he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marco and Urson completely changed that team when they picked them up, you know, a couple yeah. of months ago. So they, they definitely need to be brought back. But you're right, um, Roko, who is signed long-term for a lot of money, he just 
stunk it up. He was even benched in the second round. There's no way they can retain J.J. Reddick, right? Because Reddick got paid like 20-something million this year. He's at 23, yeah. Yeah, only if he takes a big pay cut to play with LeBron James. <laughs> but, I mean, if you were J.J. Reddick, would you just go somewhere else and get another $20 million? I would. No, I would play with LeBron James no. for less money. I don't know. Man. He just made $23 million. That's, that's good for, you know, for paying, playing for a little bit less next year. Like, what's a little bit less? He's getting, he's getting paid by the ringer to do podcasts. Okay. He's, I mean, he, I think he's going to want a multi-year deal, right? And I think that's what he couldn't get uh, at the level that he wanted last summer, which is why he signed for this one year, 23. But if someone comes in at like a you know low teens, uh, multi-year deal, I, I think he'd sign it. Do you think he would go stay with Philly for like three years, 35? Like a bit of a pay cut? Three year? years? You're, yeah. you're talking about if LeBron? Yeah. If LeBron, yeah, yeah, I think he would. I think he's at the stage in his career where he yeah. doesn't need the big pay. I mean, this year was his big paycheck, right? Three years, yes. Two years, it would be different. Yeah. Let's get to the conference finals. All right, let's 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 start in the East because we're going to talk about the West a lot. Boston, Cleveland, um, I think this is the fourth or fifth time LeBron's going to meet Boston in the playoffs. Do you think Boston has an outside shot of this? Uh, I thought you. I thought you said this is fourth, fifth time uh, LeBron's going to beat Boston in the playoffs. I mean, that, uh, he's only That's beaten he them twice, right? Two or three. Yeah, times. they lo- he lost a couple at the beginning, but yeah. I mean, it's very, very unlikely that Boston can win this time. So I'll be honest I, with you. I've been making a ton of money off of Cleveland during this postseason run. Um, like, when they went down on Indy, I bet Cleveland for the series. When um, they right. first beat Toronto game one, I chose Cleveland to sweep. And I took Cleveland for the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I, I can't really speak to this because I am super biased. Obviously, I'm a huge LeBron guy, and I need them to win to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, but you, don't, you don't need them to win to make money. You just made a bunch of money. Yeah, but when I took them to win the East, they were at, like, plus 1,200. So this is a huge payday. Wow. Plus 12, they were plus 1,200 to win the East yeah, at some point? When they were, when they were down 3-2. Yeah. Wow. Nice, nice timing. I think this, is, this series is going to be tougher for LeBron than people give the Celtics credit for. I agree. Uh, but I, I still, I, I would be shocked if LeBron didn't find a way to win it. Um, obviously with Celtics so depleted right now, uh, but Celtics do have you know coaching advantage, mm-hmm. probably heart advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those guys just grit and grind, man. Like try so hard, they're really young, uh, endless energy. It, it's it's exciting to watch, even though I hate Danny Ainge. Uh, but overall, I, I'd say Cleveland and six if I had to put money on it. Yeah, Cleveland and six. That's what it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, Horford is going to give Caleb a pretty hard time, in my opinion. So it, Cleveland for the Cleveland fans, the other guys have to step up. Um, you know, J.R. Smith, Jeff Green, guys like that. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's more of a toss. You're right, it's more of a toss-up than people think. Um, but the benefit here is LeBron got, what, like five or six days of rest? Um, and I think if you have a hungry, rested, motivated LeBron, that is the trump card in that series. And 
We'll see. Um, I'm a huge Jason Tatum guy. I was a huge Tatum guy when we did our you know NBA draft podcast back in the day. Um, True. You know, a lot of people when he came out, a lot of people uh, compared him to like a young Mello. Right now, I think I don't know. I I like him more than Mello just because he's a better finisher than Mello. To me, yeah. to me, he's like a Paul George, like a young Paul George. What do you guys? Think? Yeah, he's so, he's so smooth. Yeah. He's good at defense too. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Like I'm very impressed with um, Jason Tatum more so than Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown is just very you know big and and smart, but I think Tatum is gonna be the it's he's it's gonna be his team in a few years. I mean, we'll yeah. see the carryover for LeBron to this series because I, I don't know. Like, the time off, it, it's a pro and a con, right? Like, the, the pro is, you know, he gets some rest. He, he can heal up a little bit. But the con was he was on a streak, man. Like, yeah. if, he sh- if he shoots the same way and the same shots that he did against <laughs> yeah. Toronto, like, it's a wrap. Like, there's no one in the world that can stop him if he's hitting, like, 20-foot fadeaways yeah. uh, he- over and over and over on you. He's like playing horse against himself. It's incredible. Yeah, that was, oh man, if I was, like, the Raptors shouldn't have a team anymore after that. That was just, yeah. <laughs> not even, it was past embarrassing. It was just, I, I think you just have to look at that performance and just kind of be in awe of, of what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, that game, the game three game winner is, is unbelievable, but that, that game two series of, of post-ups is just game like. Game two, oh my god, yeah. Was, was just, I think it was. It was, or it's just like it was seven, yeah. It was seven fadeaways outside of twenty feet. Unbelievable! And, and what was just in the second half? And what was funny was just watching the Raptors players on the court and on the bench just react to them. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh! Like it's uh, it's like you're a th- ha- it's like you're a five year old kid and you're playing against your dad. You know, like you, you can't beat <laughs> yeah. him. It's uh, Albie. How many times did you watch uh, the highlights of that game? House of highlights on Instagram. Um, uh, just any any set of highlights of, of those fadeaways <laughs> plus minus 45 i'm sure game two highlights on instagram had like three million views i was probably like three hundred thousand of those views <laughs> <laughs> um I, so mock i do want to say you're right i think there is a fine line pros and cons with rest but i think when you're older i think it's more pro than con yeah that's, that's I, I think I don't think it'll make a big difference between this. What is it? Five days off versus like three days. I think either way, at least three or four is is good for LeBron. It's not crazy. It's not like ten days off or something. That'd be way worse. Yeah, I mean the only people you have to worry about are his teammates, right? Like, what are they doing those five days? Because we know LeBron is probably <laughs> staying in shape, um, eating right. But what do we know about Jr. Smith? Like, is he eating soup and throwing like, it around? Or I mean, we know we know what Jr.'s doing. Yeah, see, exactly. So that's that's the con of having um, an extended layoff there. But let's go ahead and jump over to the West. Um, I'm going to oh, play man. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to speak from, you know, the Warriors fan perspective and um, just dive right into it. What do you guys think about this series? Who should win in how many games? Who's the X factor? X factor. Let's let's dig in. Timmy, you go, man. What do you think? Uh, I got Rockets in seven. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a Rockets fan, obviously. So is Mock. I think it's going to be a close series. I think um, Golden State is hitting their their stride at the right time. They're um, they're looking terrifying, but I think the Rockets still have what it takes because they have so much firepower and 
the way Chris Paul is playing right now, I mean, you guys know I'm not like a big Chris Paul fan still, but if he's going to keep playing like this and toying with the ball and um, just making mid-range jumpers all over the place, like that just brings a different dimension to our team. I think the rest of our supporting cast is is looking solid with um, with PJ Tucker kind of stepping up. I think we need a, a little more from Eric Gordon. He's looked pretty bad, and, and I'm really interested to see how Capella stays in the series. If he yeah. can guard somebody, if he can stay on the floor, then he's going to be like a, a big X factor. Wait, Mock, yeah. before you jump in, Timmy, you're a Houston Rockets fan, right? Correct. How do you not like Chris Paul at this point? I mean, I'm, I'm obviously his fan because I'm a Rockets fan, but if he was not on my team, I would not like him. Was that performance there uh, to clinch you know, the Western Conference birth, was that the most clutch performance from a superstar out of a, out of a Houston Rockets since the mid-90s? Yeah, it's, well, no. I mean, what about T-Max 13 and 35? Are you talking about playoffs? Playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, then, that yeah. was actually. Yeah, it has right. to be, right? Well, yeah, it's, so, got, it's got to be. There's nobody else. We, we haven't done anything in, in 25 years in the playoffs, really. And just that fact alone should make you a huge Chris Paul fan, in my opinion. That's, I, I mean... I mean, Josh, Josh Smith was pretty clutch. Superstar. Being a superstar. superstar. Yeah, Conference finals. Superstar. I'm talking about... Mark, you were there, some... right? Yeah. No, no, no. That was game six. No, no. You, you were there uh, the other night for the CP oh, game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris Paul. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I hugged Simon so many times. Every t- Man, eight straight threes going in, and it was... We didn't even... Like, the building was so loud in the fourth quarter. I didn't even know until I saw the highlights later that his last three was, like, was a bank. Bank, yeah. Uh, I didn't even see it. Um, but yeah, the place was nuts in the fourth. Are you going to are you going to game one or two? Yeah, I'm going to I'm I'm planning to go to both. Um are you got tickets? I, I got tickets, I just don't know if I want to go to both, you know? Uh because I I I see us splitting these first two games, so <laughs> so I don't know. Uh how much are tickets? Uh, the cheapest were one seventy five. If if I were you, I would sell games one and two and go to game five. Maybe, but Houston is like the only market out of the four remaining teams that the tickets aren't selling. Why like is if that? I sold it now, I could I could sell it at like cost maybe. Really? Not yeah, like the other. I just saw a tweet today. Uh, like the Celtics series, Celtics Cavs. I think the average price is like. Average resale price is like five six hundred. Uh, that'd be nice here, but I just don't see it. <laughs> Everybody's too busy trying to go to Hamilton. <laughs> no, that's yeah. true. But I, I mean, even last, even this last game, I didn't have tickets for Game Five until I think day or two days before, and I just got on StubHub for less than retail. So what? Yeah, wow. I, I I went to that game for like eighty bucks. Dang! Thanks for the invite. Yeah, that's a steal. <laughs> um, so, Mark, who do you think is the X factor of this? series coming up it's i think it's all on eric gordon whoa Um, he is our he's our spark off the bench and i would say him gordon and anderson uh i think anderson is going to get some minutes this series i think not as much of a matchup nightmare uh but we need we need gordon to to pick up his play like he played awful against against utah uh especially the last game uh he could have been shaving points for all I know. Uh, it was just he had more turnovers than than points. He made one three the whole game, and uh, he's like forgotten how to dribble. He, he looks like Clay Thompson dribbling out there. It's really bad. Um, 
but yeah, we need him to step up. We need him to average probably at least 16, 17 a game. And, 17 uh, a game, sheesh. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's huge. He's huge because he spaces the floor for us too. So if he's not knocking it down, like eventually – you know, the Warriors are just going to lay off a little bit of them, off of him. And when he's shooting from, like, 28, 30 feet away, um, I don't know. It's He just needs to find his form. Wait, you don't, you don't trust the P.J. Tucker corner threes? Uh, I'm already assuming that's going to that's gonna be there. Okay. <laughs> so the things that I'm assuming are already going to happen is, is uh, Harden's going to return to his MVP level. Uh, get well soon, Harden, if you're sick. Uh, CP3 is going <laughs> to continue doing his thing, owning up the mid-range. Uh, PJ and Luke are going to get a ton of open looks from the corners, and they're going to hit a hopefully a pretty decent pay, uh, decent clip. And then Capella, I think, is going to have a pretty good series again. Uh, and did, did Ryan Anderson play at all in the Utah series? He only played game one and two. He didn't play past game two. $19 million man. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely need him to... I think he'll get some minutes, and uh, at least on the road, right? Like you have to play road rhino at least. Yeah, just gotta stretch the floor and and just uh, give him a few minutes, see if he can knock down a couple threes. Who do you think is guarding um, Kevin Durant? Uh, Ariza. But oh. but I mean, I still think we're gonna switch on everything, so I, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni so, does switch on all the pick and rolls, right? Yeah, yeah, especially after we got PJ and Luke. I mean, this is this is why we got them for this series specifically against Golden State. So uh, I expect Luke to get a ton more minutes uh, coming back from injury. I think he started. He came in game one uh, against Utah, but he's been building his minutes up since then. So he's going to be used pretty extensively, I think, against uh, against KD. So I'm just gonna... I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that that lineup, the Hamptons Five against the Tuck Wagon lineup. So so PJ. Ariza, um, Harden, CP, and then either Eric Gordon or, or Luke against uh, against the five Warriors. That's going to be fun, right? So I'm, I'm coming from the Golden State perspective, and I'm visualizing a pick and roll. It's going to be Steph and Durant. So CP is guarding Steph, and you said either Ariza or someone else will be guarding Durant. We're going to switch on the pick and roll, so that means CP is going to be on KD posting up on the high post. Yeah, all you need to do is draw two fouls there. Like, how how from a Houston fan can you adjust to that? I mean, I, I expect that's what they're gonna do. Put in KD's hands in the post. Um, we're gonna. It depends where it is on the floor, right? If if he's gonna post up and just go to a turnaround like eighteen twenty footer uh, with, I guess CP's hand like close by. I think we're gonna live with that. If he tries to back down further, I think we're gonna cheat up a, a little bit and and leave. Iguodala or, or Draymond open in, uh, on the wing for three. Uh, I expect to see a ton of those open threes. But um, CP, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, if, if it comes down to, you know, contested mid-range, I, th- I think the Rockets take that from KD. I, I'm with you. Either CP or Harden, whoever is doing that switch, like, I think they're so strong that they can, uh, they can muscle KD out. If he's going to shoot those jumpers, that's... That's like to our benefit versus them passing around and getting Steph and Clay to shoot threes, and then once he makes or misses it, and we come down the fl- flying down the floor. That's where we'll have the matchup on our side, right? And then we'll get the threes. Well, it's it's not going to be Harden because 
that that means you're saying Harden would be guarding Steph, and if that were the case, oh yeah, you're right. And they 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 wouldn't. No, even, you're you're right. It was CP. Yeah, they wouldn't even bring the screen over. Um, but you're right. I think I think the key here, right, is to let Draymond. If you were Houston, Draymond's the guy you need to leave, right? He can't shoot. Let Draymond and and Iggy shoot as much as they want. Yeah, you yeah. can't. He can't but, shoot. Um, don't overreact to him dribbling into the lane. That's what gets people switching and. People are too late, you know, covering for someone else, and that's when you get the open threes. Open um, threes or alleys, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a good series. Uh, from an unbiased standpoint, I think I, I definitely want to see it go seven. Um, Houston winning it in seven, I I it's hard for me to believe just because I haven't seen Harden show up in a big game like that. Um, but. I mean, it's exciting, man. I think this, like you said, Mock, in your tweet, this is a series that everyone predicted from day one. This is a series that everyone wanted. Um, Houston has built their team to play against Golden State. There's a nice video clip of Chris Paul, I think, talking to his friends. Um, you yeah, know, just, I saw that right yeah, now. Just like, nonchalantly, yeah. and he's like, what are we doing? If we're not going and trying to build a team against Golden State, what are we doing, really? And he's he's asking... Not from a Houston perspective, but, you know, in general, in the NBA. If Golden State is the top dog, why are we not trying to build a team to, to bring down the top dog? And I think that's what Houston has been trying to do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. I think Golden State is still favored. How do you guys feel about that? Love it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be underdogs. I did yeah. not favor. <laughs> Seriously. I love being the underdog. And, but I mean, either way, I think Golden State is in such a rhythm now, and, and they're used to it after these past three years. Like, they find a way to get a chip on their shoulder. So they're finding tweets and finding like old sports takes from like months ago, saying you know they weren't gonna beat the Rockets, and I'm sure Draymond's just adding fuel to that fire for that team. Uh, but I mean, they're good. They are really, really good team. Uh, it's gonna be. Really hard. I, I feel like every game is going to be a war. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if each game is within like five. Each game is within single digits. Uh, but it also wouldn't surprise me one way or another since all the games are that close. If if it goes like five instead of seven. Yeah. So you think that Houston's going to split that first game, and you also expect Houston to win in or the first two games, and you expect that Houston to win in seven. So that would require them to win two games in Golden State. No, just I, one. Uh, just one. Yeah, I, th- I think we I think we're going to win game one. I think we're going to come out kind of on fire in game one and and, and take that. I I'm not sure about game two. Uh, if we're going to lose one of those first two, I think game two is where we're. I I feel like we always kind of let up a little bit in game two. Um, it happened against Utah and. Um, it's just hard for me to see either team winning both of those first two games. And then if we do split those first two, if we go back to Golden State, I think we, I think Golden State would win game three, and then we would take four and five. Oh, so you definitely need to go to game five is what you're saying. <laughs> game five is huge. I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking for those tickets. All right, let, let me know when you do that this time. Uh, All right. <laughs> game five. Um, what's interesting about these two teams is although they're both you know, offensive juggernauts, um, for the most part, they're actually, you know, third quarter, second half teams. They usually come out, get off to a slow start in the first quarter, 
Um, do you think D'Antoni is going to try anything different there to try to get off, you know, quickly and, and um, yeah, quickly and, and get the lead fast? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you know Gold, what you're getting from Golden State. Yeah, because... Golden State after halftime, like their adjustments are awesome. Like they Golden State, Golden States, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but for the most part, in the past couple years, or at least this whole year, like you know what you're getting from D'Antoni. Even the games they lose, it's not really the other team able to stop the offense. It's we're missing layups, we're missing open threes, and obviously the make or miss league, uh, but. That's what happened game two against Utah. Like, it's the same shots we would have shot anyway. Uh, it's just they weren't dropping, and then we were being a little sloppy with the ball, and um, it, it was just off. Uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. I think this series, if anything, adjustment-wise, it would be on the, def- the defensive side. So, you know, if, if it comes down to it and Katie's just killing us with the switches, we might side to you know all, all of a sudden show hard on one double for a certain ball handler versus versus someone else so i don't know we'll we'll see obviously from a coaching standpoint i hold kerr in pretty high regard and d'antoni is up there but from a adjustment standpoint i don't know yeah for in, in-game adjustments I, I i would be a little worried too but uh, it will be interesting to see like what we can do when you know, the best Warriors are not out there. Like, I think our team is probably deeper. Um, so when yeah. they have to play JaVale McGee or when they have to play Kevin Looney or something, like, how can we take advantage? Can Capella really um, get get a lot more pick and rolls and alley-oops at that time? And can Ryan Anderson get on the floor and make a few threes or something? Gerald Green needs to be hot as well. So I think, like, those other guys might end up defining at least a couple of the games. Um, it's going to be a long series, though. Gonna be fun. You're right. We might have a Gerald Green game, huh? I I think there's. I mean, the, it's not gonna be all just CP or Harden. It's not gonna be all just one of the the top Warriors guys. There's got to be other guys. Every series is like that. There's always somebody else who steps up. Like PJ Tucker in Game Five is really one of the biggest reasons we won, besides CP. So who's it gonna be? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I I do Timmy. Question for you: If you were the head coach of Houston. Obviously, you're trying to win the series. Do you want the games to be in the low hundreds or like high one tens, one twenties? I want it to be 150. <laughs> really? If I'm Houston, I, I want a ton of points on the board because we have we have like more firepower, just oh, quantity. So, uh, so so really, in in your strategy, in your mind, you want to just outscore them, outrun them, outpace yeah, I'm, them. Yeah, I'm Mike D'Antoni, them. right? Then yes. No, I'm not saying you're Mike D'Antoni. I'm saying you're Timmy Chu, and you're the coach of Houston. I'd probably do it the same way. I mean, okay. they've done it all year long. That's the personnel that they have here that they brought in, and that's what uh, that's what we should keep doing. Okay. And then, Mark, what about you? Because uh, it's all mindset, right, at that point. If it's all what? It's all mindset at that point. Because, you know, if, they, if Golden State scores a basket, you're going to run right back at them and try to score again. Or are you going to, you know, do a set play, have Chris Paul run a pick and roll? It's all mindset. I mean, we we've been doing set not set plays, but we've been slowing it down yep, the yep. entire season. So yeah, we're we're a really really slow team. I think that's the part that's kind of missed in this matchup. Like it's we're really two opposite uh, offensive teams. Like 
Golden State, you know, everyone likes watching them, uh, or at least they did before everyone started hating them. Uh, <laughs> but everyone loves watching the ball moving, right? Everyone loves watching the shooting. Um, I, I think they average one of the at least top five teams in the league in terms of number of passes per possession. Rockets are like the last in the league in that. Um, there's yeah. it's all ISO, but it's it's efficiency. It's it's efficient ISO with you know two future Hall of Fame guards in Harden and CP3 just breaking you down, getting the matchup, specific matchup they want, uh, specific look they want, and then dribbling around ISO to normally an open three or a dunk or a Chris Paul mid-range. Like, those are the three options we got. Um, so, I don't know. Like, this game, you're right. It's going to come down to someone random, and, and it's going to... I love Iggy, but man, he hits so many threes against us. I feel like he he only shoots well against Houston. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Iggy or, or someone like Nick Young or or uh, Quinn Cook, like just has a really good shooting series. They're gonna need it too. Like we talk about Eric Gordon needing to shoot well, they're gonna need one of those three to really step up as, as well. So the thing that I'm looking forward to, and then you guys can have one final thought, and we'll we'll end the podcast there. But I've I've always hated Steph Curry, obviously, and I've always kind of sighed on Chris Paul. But in this series, I want to see Chris Paul actually go at him for once. Um, I think when he was on the Clippers, I think Chris Paul kind of shied away from that one-on-one matchup, whether he didn't want to get crossed or he didn't want to, you know, get in a three-point contest with Steph Curry or whatever the, the case may be. I just felt like he always shied away from that, and he kind of deferred to Blake Griffin. With this, I know that this is the first time he's in the Western Conference Finals. I know this is James Harden's team, but when they need a bucket, I would rather have um, Chris Paul go at Stephen Curry, and I want to see that, and I want to see this is this is going to be Chris Paul's best shot at you know at a ring, and I want him to go after it. And that's that's really all I have to say, and. I can't wait for Stephen Curry to take that L, but we'll see. Wait, do you? Who do you have winning the series? I think it's a toss-up. Um, I don't want Golden State to win, just because I think if they were to win, the championship is guaranteed. Because I think yeah. they would just demolish Cleveland. But I think if Houston toss-up against Golden State, if they were to win, I think they would also be a toss-up against Cleveland. So to me. Mm-hmm. Houston would give me the better shot at another LeBron ring, so I'm pulling for Houston. Gotcha. Uh, we talked about championship windows before, and uh, this is our window. I, I think this year is the Rockets' window. There you uh, go. We, we assume what's going to happen with, with Capella. He's going to get paid this, this summer. and um, uh, we, No one knows who, who, where LeBron's going. Um, if he's going to stay in the East or whatnot and all the pieces that will fall after that. And we assume also right now, no one's really talked about it, but we assume Chris Paul is going to get signed here uh, for a few years as well. Uh, but you just never know what's going to happen uh, with health, with, with chemistry, anything. And I feel like this is, this is our time. And if it, but at the same time, it just sucks that we're going up against like an all time team, like the Warriors. And yeah, it, Sometimes, you know, not all championships are easy. Uh, not like Golden State had it, you know, back in 2015. <laughs> uh, but if we're able to go through 
the Warriors, like I I think we're treating this series as our as our NBA finals. So I'm hoping for the best and um I think I just realized like today, like if if I didn't have sports in my life, I I think I would have zero stress. Like sports is the only thing that really brings any kind of stress or negative energy into my life. Uh, but we watch it for the ups and the downs, right? Yeah. One last question, and then I'll end the podcast. Timmy, as a Rockets fan, if you had to choose, would you rather lose in the Western Conference Finals or the Finals? I would rather lose in the NBA Finals. Mark, what about oh, you? Oh, that would be... That's devastating, man. Being the Warriors and losing the finals. Oh, my God. All right, guys. With that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening to Six Pennies Podcast. Please check us out on Facebook.com, Six Pennies Podcast. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. Give us five stars. Go, LeBron. <laughs>